everyone welcome back to fearless as fuck the podcast i'm your host christina lauren i have my best friend's husband and the brother that i have but i never wanted but i have him anyway <laughs> on the show today welcome wayne shepherd hey, 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 hey. <laughs> <laughs> i love saying that because i i always joke with him that i always wanted a brother and then i get one kind of and i'm like and all he does is bully me and push me around but i feel like that's just what big brothers are exactly supposed to do. i'm giving you that brotherly love that you never got so i treated my sister that way and she's a she's a fighter now and I'm teaching you to be the same. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. And um, for those of you who don't know Wayne, I'm going to let him introduce himself. But you've met Megan a few times now. If you've been a listener to this podcast, who's like my soul sister. And Wayne and Megan both have some really cool things they do together. Mm-hmm. And Wayne as well has some really cool things. So I want to let him introduce himself. But I will say one really cool fucking thing is that you are now a... Call of Duty character, and I'm so excited. I don't play Call of Duty. Megan and Wayne play a lot of it, but I keep seeing clips of you like on everywhere, everywhere, and I'm like, oh my god, (laughs) that's so so fucking cool. It's so crazy for me as well. I I see it like all over Instagram, and like the posts I posted yesterday on my on my Instagram, it's just people are just commenting, commenting, commenting. So many stories I'm getting of people using my character Zeus of like their wins on Warzone and everything like that. So it's kind of like, what does that feel like? I don't know, man. It's like, I mean, being a Call of Duty character, first of all, is just kind of like, you know, so surreal because I've been playing the game since the very, very, very beginning, you know, years ago. And to finally be like a character on a game that I've been playing forever that I never, ever thought would happen. It's just so crazy. So crazy. And just to see people like using my character and posting me on their social medias and stuff. I don't think it really hit me yet, so I'm not really sure. It probably will. It'll probably continue to yeah. be like really <laughs> surreal. And it just kind of goes hand in hand with one of those things that you stay open to opportunities your entire life, and you have no idea. Right. You have no fucking idea what it's possibly going to lead you to. Yep. And as long as you're open and present to opportunity and yeah. just kind of take things as they come and just know that, you know, there's a path that you're supposed to go down on if you're following exactly what you should be doing. And mm-hmm. look where it, wow, look at where it puts you. I know. So that's so freaking cool. Call of Duty. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, well, I know you, but I feel like I still actually don't know you <laughs> as well as I think I do. So tell me a little bit about growing up and kind of like getting to where you are now. And then we'll kind of touch on the yeah. topics that we thought would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up in a military family. Um, my dad was in the army for 22 years and he has seven brothers and sisters, every single one of them all military. So me graduating from high school, you know, um, it's kind of like a no brainer joining the military. Other than my dad giving me the ultimatum of either go to college or military cause you're not staying at home. So once I graduated, it was, I was out the door and um, discipline was huge just because of that background. My dad also grew up very, very poor in Alabama, a little small town called Parrish. And so, you know, growing up for me, uh, everything that I have now, I'm very grateful for because I didn't get much when I was a, when I was a kid, which I'm very, very like happy because um, I talk to Megan about it all the time. Like it, it, it allows you to be grateful for the little things you have. And I mean, my grandma tried to spoil me on my mom's side and stuff, but my dad was always so against it. But um, I joined the military after high school. I uh, did that for a while, uh, got out, was trying to figure it out for so long. Um, they don't really give you like a, 
a handbook when you graduate or when you graduate, when you get out of the military saying, hey, these are your job options. It's pretty much thank you for your service. Good luck in the civilian world. And uh, now um, I'm contracting. So I do a lot of security contracting, private contracting, um, some high threat con- contracts uh, all over the place. I do a lot of traveling. Um, I like it, but it kind of sucks sometimes because I'm away from home. Um, but the money's pretty good, so it's a good industry for me to be in. And no matter what happens in this economy or this society, the work is always going to be there, especially more now with the way things are going. Um, but uh, as far as uh, all that, I'm in, also in the fire ministry. Me and Megan have a company called Ghost Tactics where we do a lot of training, uh, tactical training, firearm training from beginners and to people who are more advanced. They want to kind of get into that whole tactical feel where it's like, you know, close quarters, CQB type stuff, house clearing, room clearing, um, you name it. And um, I think the whole firearm thing, which is what got me into the position of being in Call of Duty, because we met this uh, guy named Jim, uh, who owns this company called Tech Gas. And um, we did, uh, well, Megan does the makeup, but I do a lot of the talent for some of their shoots that they do for a lot of defense companies, a lot of major defense companies. And the cool thing about that is that if you look go on Instagram and you look up like some of the big major defense companies like Wilcox, which is like a big military defense company, uh, Century Arms which is a big firearm company, Ops Corps and stuff like that, you'll see uh, my face in it. So it's also really cool to see that. And I think um, getting in that type of avenue is what kind of got me into the whole Call of Duty thing. Yeah. And now you're a video game character. I am a video game character. That's freaking amazing. Yeah, I'm a video game character. <laughs> so one of the topics that we had talked about <clears throat> a few times. Mm-hmm. And what reminded me is you just actually posted something about it on yeah. Instagram and it was super vulnerable. Yeah. And I always, I have a really big soft spot for people who do this and even more of a soft spot for people who mean a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the topics we talk about, as I'm sure you know, on this podcast mm-hmm. is mental health, right. um, traumas, things that have happened in people's lives that have led them down a certain path which normally winds up to a path to healing, Mm -hmm. but it's also a really sensitive topic to talk about trauma with men. And we've brought a lot of females on here to talk about mental health and things that they've been through, but I haven't had a chance to sit down with a lot of men um, and talk about kind of where they are in their life and how they've been there. And honestly, just ask them how they're doing. Because what I realized too, is a lot of men don't open up because they feel like they can't be checked on it. They shouldn't be checked on because they have to hold it down for themselves, for their right. families, for their mm-hmm. significant others. And so a lot of the times they tend to bottle things up and this is not in a bad way. It just is kind of what they- Society. Society, oh yeah, so what yeah. society has kind of ingrained in them to do yeah. because it's vulnerable yeah. or it's it's um, it's beta or it's like, it's not- a It's, pro- it's weakness. It's weakness. Yeah. And that, that hurts me a lot because that's not healthy and all it does is make our society even worse Mm -hmm. and more weak as a whole in in a sense where we can't talk to each other and that breaks connection and breaks relationships it breaks mental health down and i know you had opened up about things that you've struggled with over the course of your life and bringing things to light and i think when men do this it opens up the doors for it to be okay for others to do so and the collective can heal and I think that's really admirable. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, was there something that kind of enticed you to kind of be more open about it on social media? Yeah. Um, you know, it was something that was always on my mind. I mean, I suffer from mental health and uh, issues. And uh, I always kind of wanted to just reach out there and just 
talk to people um, that are also going through the same thing. Um, I know a lot of guys that are going through the same thing. I think I was on TikTok one time and I TikTok uh, just on my For You page. It was just mental health posts, mental health posts, mental health posts, all guys. One really stood out to me. It was like um, a girl says, oh, you know, who do you talk to when you have, you know, problems or issues and stuff? And it was just like a bunch of just different clips of guys all saying no one. I don't speak out to no one because they'll just throw it back in my face. I don't speak to no one because no one wants to hear it. No one cares. No one wants to listen. And I started thinking to myself and I actually started crying. And I just kind of felt really bad because I felt the same way. I've been dealing with this kind of like my whole life. And uh, that post that I posted on my Instagram, that was very hard for me to do. And it took a while for me to write it. And then after I wrote it, I was like, I don't know if I should share this. And I'd, I asked Megan, I was like, hey, can you read this for me? And you, you, you think I should share this? And the reason why I asked her that, because I also didn't want her to, you know, be worried and, you know, concerned because there were a few things in there that I haven't really shared with her as well, you know? And so she was like, yeah, you should share it, but we should also talk after. <laughs> and so um, I shared that post and the uh, attention it got, I was actually shocked. Um, my DMs were a whole bunch of guys that follow me and we're all like, hey man, I really appreciate that post. I'm going through the same thing. Like, if you need someone to reach out to, like, I'm here, but I, I'm happy you said that because it's something that needs to be said more and I'm dealing with a lot right now and I don't have anyone to talk to. And women too, a lot of girls were saying like, uh, hey, that post you did was so like great, it was vulnerable of you and you know, you're amazing for doing that and for saying everything you said. It's like something that needs to be taken more seriously. And it's it's not. It's it's really not. Like, uh, you know, you, you hear it all the time. Males make up the most, uh, the, the highest rating of suicides, you know, in our country, probably in the world. You know, 70% out of suicides are all males, you know, and a lot of them are also veterans as well because we don't get the help we need as a veterans from the VA. And when we go for help, it's always give you a pill and forget about it. You know what I mean? Medicate and forget, medicate and forget. There's no real help out there where we can sit down with someone and tell them like how fucked up our life is, how fucked up our heads are. And, uh, we need actual help instead of a pill, some type of medication. So, um, that post, uh, was something that I was very, I'm now I'm very proud of saying it cause I was very nervous to post it. But the fact that it got a lot of attention and a lot of people are a little more outspoken about it. Um, I'm very happy. I got a couple actual DMs yesterday of some guys that are going through some things and they just wanted to reach out and talk to somebody. So it's like you almost give people permission mm -hmm. by saying something to do the same. Yeah. And it's it breaks my heart that so many people suffer. Yeah. Um, I can only speak from a little bit of experience from finally posting stuff that I felt like I needed to do mm -hmm. and in, in fear mm -hmm. of whatever it is. It might not be the same subject, but there is a fear of posting something vulnerable, oh, especially yeah. when it comes to mental health and especially being a man because yeah. it's 10 million times harder. I don't care what anybody says. Right. I can only imagine. Right. Um, not that anyone's trauma is worse than another person's trauma. It's all relatable to them. But yep. with society being the way it is and you're putting it on a platform for everyone to see that, mm -hmm. that creates another level of anxiety and just like oh, yeah. fear that can come with that. And I'm really glad you're proud of that yeah. because like that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And I think that when people realize they can reach out to you, it just starts the healing process as well. Right. And so 
Um, like just kind of go into detail about some of the things that I posted. Uh, so my mental health, which it, it took a while for me to figure this out, and that's the other hard part about it as well, is that you know that you know you're depressed, you know you're anxious, you know that something's wrong, but you can't really pinpoint mm-hmm. where it started. And so I do have a therapist uh, and through the VA um, that I finally was able to get a hold of and, and talk to. And my mental health started when I was uh, a child. I was in 11th grade, and uh, my parents got divorced. And I am at the age of where now I don't see my mom anymore. And my dad is, uh, you know, hardcore military. And I never had that outreach of like, hey, I need to express my feelings. I'm sad about something. I never had that ever in my life. And growing up with that and then going into the military, and that's definitely not going to be a thing you can do in the military at all. Um, That's kind of where it started for me. And uh, going through life, you know, just kind of keeping everything just tight and bottled inside. Um, it kind of sucks because, you know, you have your moments of sadness and your moments of, you know, vulnerability. And it's just uh, you want someone to talk to, but you can't. There's no one there. I could never call my dad and be like, hey, dad, I'm, I'm not really doing too good. I'm sad right now. He toughen up, you know, and it sucks because that that's also part of me too. And, and I found myself saying that to Megan sometimes like, Hey, it's not that bad. Get over it. You know what I mean? Or, and I'm fixing that now. And, uh, but it's, it's hard because that's been ingrained in me for my whole entire life. So now I'm dealing with it, but I'm also trying to make sure that I'm not putting that same exact thing that my dad put on me onto other people. But, um, after you know the military uh i'm in my early 20s and i'm just trying to figure out my life and just going through everything and you know you go through ups and downs with people relationships uh one is a particular relationship that really screwed me up uh that i never ever got to speak to anyone about was i got cheated on by a girl i was dating uh with my best friend and uh I actually try to speak to one of my buddies about it, and they just gave me the whole like, "Oh, dude, there's plenty of girls out there. Don't worry about it, man. Like that's that's like pussy shit right there. Like, you don't 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 worry about that, man." And I was just like, "Dang!" Like, and these are like my my buddies that I thought I can speak to about this stuff, and it kind of like just made me close off. But now I got these demons inside of me that just are just clawing at me and clawing at me, and I became a really nasty person at that time um, because. I had so much anger built up. I had so much stress, anxiety built up. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was scared to date. And if I did date, I was just kind of like in a very bad place because I always seek companionship, always. And I knew that me seeking companionship, I was going to be a very, very, very bad match for someone. But I wanted it anyway. And I ended up hurting a lot of feelings and breaking a lot of hearts and stuff. And that really, it, it really messed me up, but it also made me very very upset with myself and it took a long time for me to kind of get through that and get over that and um, I started to work out go to the gym started helping but just never really have anyone to really talk to until I I met Megan and then she you know helped me open up a little bit but just all the stress and and everything that I went through in my life it's something that you can't just snap a finger and just open up with like that easy you know and my parents, I don't. I still don't talk to my parents about it. Never have. I probably never will, to be honest. Um, my mom, I love her to death, but 
she wouldn't understand. She she would just be like, you know, oh, I love you. Just you'll, you'll be okay. Um, you know, and my dad is still hardcore, like discipline and stuff like that. And he never had that either growing up, to my knowledge. So it's like generational. Exactly. You know, especially everyone's in the military and my dad's side too. So, um, but like just the fact that I know now that I do have these issues and I do have these problems um, that I know that they're there and now I can be more aware of myself and how I am. But it's really hard because so these days now um, I have a lot of anxiety. Uh, I'm always worried about myself with Megan more so, uh, how I speak to her, um, how I react to some of the things that she wants to talk to me about and such. Uh, but also I'm also, I'm also afraid to talk to her about some of the things that are on my mind, you know? And it's, a, it's like a trapped place to be in yeah. because you feel like you have somebody who you can actually talk to, but at the same time it's like yeah. fear. Because she has her own things that she's going through and I'm supposed to be the man in the marriage, right? So I have to be there to keep her head up. And so I suppress my own feelings and my own like thoughts and, and issues that I'm dealing with so I can support her and make sure that she's happy. And I think that's what most guys deal with is that, you know. It's extra pressure. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so right now, uh, you know, we, we talk a little bit more and I try to open up, but it's still so hard because um, I'm afraid. I'm really afraid and I, I'm afraid of being vulnerable. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of even if we ever get into an argument that she might use it against me, you know, and not that she, Megan's awesome. You know that. Yeah. But that's just my inner fear of so your fears don't have to be logical. No. Like you can sit here and say all, oh, you know, like, you know, she's not going to do this mm -hmm. and she's not going to use it against you. But it's I shut down the same I, I do the same shit yeah. and that's why it like gets me emotional because I know I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I'm constantly working on myself, but it's such a long road. And I know that if, if, if I keep letting this happen the way it, it is, and if I don't help myself, then it's just going to just keep getting worse and worse and worse. And so talking about it for me, um, it allows me to kind of just get this little bit of weight off my shoulder every time. And it's a lot of weight. It's so much weight. You just have to chip away at it yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I'm probably going to start tearing up and stuff. but Don't make me cry, Wayne. I'm already tearing <laughs> up. <laughs> um, no, it's just it's hard because, uh, you know, it's you, you know that you try to do the right thing, but... The right thing always isn't the right thing, right? And in your head, you 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 put so much effort into trying to be a good man, trying to be a good person. But you have these demons inside of you that just they, they pull you down all the time. They try to drown you. And there's not many people that you can really talk to about about it, because not everyone's either going to understand. Uh, not everyone's going to want to listen, you know, because we have to have this image of we're strong, you know, strong willed men that we don't let these little problems bother us. And, you know, life is supposed to be <sighs> easy for us because we're men, right? That's how society is supposed to make it. You know, men are supposed to have it easy. You know, you just go to work, 
you bring in the bacon, you put food on the table, you know, you put a roof over your head and you and your significant other, and that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your life. That's how you are supposed to operate throughout life. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it can't be that easy. And it's not that easy because we have our own shit that we have to deal with every day. Yeah. Well, I will say also too, like getting, having the ability to sit down and have this conversation is one of the strongest things you possibly can do. Right. And that's like not, that's not an easy thing um, to even think about like ahead of time. Like if, when I asked you to come on and talk about mental health, like you were like, yes, mm-hmm. like there was like no hesitation. Right. And if you ask somebody who is a weak person to do that, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have said yes. And they definitely wouldn't have been so quick to be like, well, what are you going to ask me? Yeah. Like, what are we going to talk about? You didn't ask me anything. Yeah. And I mean, I did, like had a feeling this <clears throat> conversation might get emotional, but I was like, I like you are one of the strongest like genuine men that I know. And like, I'm so happy that you are my best friend's husband. Like there is so much to be said about that. And Mm -hmm. you guys are so strong together and you're so strong on your own. And just the ability to sit here and talk about it is a strength and no matter. And I hope guys listening can like see that and hear that who might be feeling the same way that you felt being able to be vulnerable and talk about what they're going through is strong. Right. And you know what? There might not be healed individuals out there that can see that, but if there's somebody who ever makes you feel bad or makes you feel small for speaking up mm-hmm. and talking about things that are sensitive, they're the weak people. Right. They really are. And, and, that, and that's, I don't even mean that in a rude way, but that means that, that that part of them is so unhealed that they can't get to where you are. Right. You know what I mean? And it's really cool when you see somebody or have somebody that can come into your life and open you up a little bit. As you said, like Megan, there was something about Megan, obviously that when you met her, she was able to open you up a little bit to kind of start diving deep in there. There's not many people that can do that mm-hmm. um, and have a, provide a safe container for you. you know, to I'm share. still scared when I went to talk to her as well. Yeah. It's not that easy. I'm scared to talk to Megan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only, and I, what I mean, my joke, but what I mean by that is when you have somebody who can see you at your rawest, mm-hmm. most raw, real form without judgment. I mean, Megan was the first person I called when I right. was at rock fucking bottom. Yeah. And I was so embarrassed. Yeah. So there's something about those special kinds of people that come into your life that can do that for you. Yeah. Um, was there something that like specific that helped you that she helped you with? Um, she, she, (laughs) she said to me, she goes, uh, Hey, like your battles are my battles and your struggles are my struggles. And like, and we're a team. And, um, even when she said that, I still was like, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I hear you, you know, and it sounds good and all, but, uh, I told her it's going to take a while. And she was like, all right, just, you know, on your time, but just want you to know that I'm here for you. And, uh, I was like, all right. And. I think I can't even remember the first time I actually opened up to her, but it was just kind of like uh, something just came out of nowhere. And I was like, hey, babe, so I have an issue. And the issue was about her, which was the hard part, too. But I was afraid to tell her, mm-hmm. you know, and because I was always afraid that, you know, she was going to get upset with me and stuff like that. And so I was afraid, you know, because I love her so much, you know. But, um, you know, she was like, uh, you can talk to me whenever you want. And so one day, uh, I can't remember what it was, but I remember I was like, hey, like, can I talk to you about something? And you promise you won't get upset because if you get upset, I'm going to probably be really afraid to talk to you about it again. And she was very open-minded to it. And we had a really good conversation. And uh, it 
made it, I felt really, really, really good after I did that. Um, but it was still hard. Like even after I had, we had the conversation, my anxiety level was through the roof. Because you're just like waiting for reactions. Oh, almost, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I was the whole time. I was like, oh, my God. If, if I have this conversation, she's going to get mad at me. She's going to she's gonna yell at me. And, and and this may sound like she's like verbally abusive to me, but she's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like you don't really want to go talk to someone that, you know, about themselves and think that they're just going to take it well. They might get upset, you know. And so um, I was like, hey, like, I just really want you to be open-minded to this. And here's the thing. She always comes to me about that type of stuff. Like if there's something that she wants me to do different, and she's like, I want you to be open-minded to this. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll do that. And so that that day, I was like, I said the same thing to her. I was like, hey, I just want you to be open-minded. Like, I'm really nervous to talk to you about this. I'm like, I don't want to do it. And afterwards, it went, it went well. And I think I went to the room or whatever like that. And I was just like so shaky. I was like, oh, my God. And I, I hated it. I didn't like the way it felt. So I was like, I don't really know the next time this is going to happen again. Yeah, I was going to say that. Some people kind of shut down. Everything <laughs> yeah. like, you know, nope, that was a that was a no. It's yeah. <laughs> a no for me. Yeah, I, I literally did. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, it went well. But I was like, ooh, that really made me feel like crap. So uh, that was kind of like the first time. But even still, I, I don't say much. And she'll ask me, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, I say, this, I say the same thing that we all say. Well, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm okay. But we're really not. Yeah. You know, we're really not. And it's just... We, 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 we disguise our, our pain with smiles, you know, and, and laughter. And uh, I think she's starting to notice that as well because now she asks me more than once. And she's starting to really uh, figure me out. Yeah, <laughs> which sucks. you can't hide very, yeah. very long after that. <laughs> well, that's, that's the, the beauty and the struggle about being vulnerable is like once yeah. you've opened it up, you've <sighs> opened yourself to be noticed, which isn't bad, but I can understand how frightening that is. Yeah. I. I shut down a lot more than I used to, and I, I recognize it, and it's painful. Yeah. Um, it's really painful, especially mm -hmm. when you've been through something, like not only what you've been through with being in the military, but mm -hmm. you've been through betrayal and mm -hmm. things like that in relationships, and um, everyone has their stories of how they wound up, how they are now presently with how they operate inside and outside of relationships. Right. And I find it very interesting after a lot of therapy and sessions with my friends mm -hmm. um and the more you obviously like you said the more you talk about it the, the easier it gets but also it gets a little scarier to a different yeah. degree at the same time because you're putting yourself out there and you me and megan all have social media platforms and so it's not like you're just putting it out there for your for your significant other you're putting it out there for the world, the world to see yeah and it's really brave and part of me sometimes, sometimes i'm like why the fuck am i doing this yeah but it's to raise awareness. And like you said, the more you talk about it, it lightens the load a little bit. Yeah. What's the word um, that it's like a, it's like male toxic. No, not male toxic. It's like, it's, I, I see this page on Instagram. I can't remember the name toxic of it. masculinity. That one. Yes. Toxic masculinity. So every time I see something about that, it's completely the opposite. Shut up and deal with whatever it is you're dealing with. Right. And when I and that that's what I was afraid of putting that out there because I have a lot of people. I'm in the firearm industry. There's a lot of guys in the firearm industry or military, or they're like supposed to be like some hardcore dudes or whatever like that. And a lot of these guys preach a lot of toxic masculinity. Don't talk to your wife about it. I remember I seeing this post from this guy. I'm not going to say his name, but I remember I saw this post from this guy and I hated it because it was like. You should never have to ask your wife about anything. If you want to go do something, you're a man. You're a man in the in the relationship. 
you should be able to go do this and go do that. And like, you know, your feelings, like, you know, you're a man, be a man. And I was just like, that is completely the problem right there. Mm -hmm. Because everything about this guy's post was completely opposite about opening up about your feelings and things that you're going through. It was toxic, toxic masculinity. Your wife is going to look at you as the leader. Your wife is going to let you look at you as the leader of the pack, the alpha male. You need to be an alpha male. And when you see that, and then you know guys are going through what I'm, what I'm going through, it's like that right there, they're going to see this. They're going to see all the people that are commenting on it, the thousands, because this guy's a big following. So you're going to see thousands of comments on there, all agreeing with him and and talking bad about people who are beta, as they say, and it's going to discourage everyone. And all the guys that are really looking for an outreach, they're not going to reach out to anyone. They're going to keep everything bottled inside. And, and here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not saying toxic toxic masculinity is like entirely bad. There are some good to it, but the message that a lot of these guys are putting out there about that is the problem when it comes to guys with their mental health. I personally don't think they're articulating it right. Right. And if I said that yeah. to a person like that. They'd have my head about it, yeah. and they'd they'd probably just like say some shit about me, and that like I want to be controlling and all. And that's what's funny is that's why like a lot of women don't even speak up against it because it's like we're trying to like emasculate men, and that's uh, it's it's a subject that like really gets to me because just like you said, cramming that kind of information in a seven to fifteen second TikTok video mm-hmm. when they can't even see the context of it half the time. Yeah. It's just breeding more of it and it's making men who actually want to share what they're going through kind of shut up and just go along with what people are saying right. on those kinds of videos. And yep. it's actually making it worse right. for men. And what's interesting is they think that they're making it better. <clears throat> yeah. And it's it's not at all. And someone needs to reach out to those guys and tell them like, hey man your message is, you know, it's a little skewed. skewed. Yeah, so very, it's very skewed. You got to kind of like cater to both sides because there's a lot of guys out there, like dudes are killing themselves. Guys are committing suicide because they have a lot of shit going on in their head and they cannot reach out to anyone and you're not helping the problem. You're not helping the problem. And so I'm hoping that even doing this podcast with you, like it's kind of giving me a little motivation to try to do more uh, for men's mental health you know, the, the wheels are turning right now. I think you could, <laughs> I think with these kinds of topics, you can bridge the gap. Right. You know what I mean? Because I think what's happening is people are getting the wrong idea of what an alpha male actually is. Yeah. And what a, it's, I, I don't mean to laugh, but like, they're so like beta this, beta that. And I'm like, oh my God, you're making men who have feelings think they're beta men. Exactly. And that's not fucking true. Exactly. And it, oh, it makes me so, it makes me so angry because Women don't want that half the time. Like no. they, they want a true alpha man who is a provider, a protector, a leader. They want all of that, but yep. they don't want a man who can't be one with himself and understand who he is yep. and deal with he ha- deal with deal with what he has inside. Because if he doesn't, that doesn't help the relationship in the end. Not at all. And I learned that with Megan of me not being emotional, me not being in touch with my feelings and my emotions, and so having that type of aspect now in our relationship on my side has made it a lot like very beneficial, but very helpful as well because, uh, I know what she needs. It's a duality. Yeah, exactly. And so 
I know like the little things that she needs to hear and the little things that she wants uh, that are um, emotion. And, you know, Megan's a, Megan and women in general. A lot of men, women are emotional. You know, you guys are more, you guys are more in touch with your emotions than men are. That's just how it is, which is totally fine. Men, we have to kind of try a little harder to be in touch with our emotions. And I think if you get to that point where you can actually be more in touch with your emotions, then if you have a significant other, then you can be a better partner for them because now you can kind of see things from their eyes. Because I'm going to tell you straight up, the beginning of our relationship, I was logical, 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 and tough, like, you know, very tough love. And now I wasn't a dick to her or anything like that, but it was a lot of tough love. And I saw that I was really like, putting a damper on our relationship and on her mindset as well. And they got to a point where she told me, she was like, hey, I feel like I can't really talk to you. And I do not want that. And I didn't want that at all. And so uh, being able to open up a little bit more and realize like, hey, okay, Megan needs a little bit more from me. Mm-hmm. It, it helps so much. And now we're in such a better place now emotionally. And so uh, it's still work. A lot of, still a lot of work. It's always going to be, but you're <laughs> self-aware. Yeah. And I mean, Megan too. Yeah. I mean, you, you guys, I think any relationship who has, who is at a healthy spot yeah. can understand that there's work that needs to be done on both sides and yeah. can come together. And what the most beautiful thing about finding a partner who can handle you at your worst right. is understanding like what each other goes through and being open and aware of all of that. So you can kind of meet in the middle and help each other heal. Yeah. I think that's the most ideal partnership is somebody who can do that because nobody wants to be with somebody who's so closed off that they can't even talk mm-hmm. to them. You know what the scary part is? I am afraid that I don't know how long this is going to be, like this road for me. What do you mean? I'm hoping that one day like I can just kind of have all these demons just gone, you know, and I don't have to have these feelings of anxiety um, depression. Um, one of the things that's hard is since I travel a lot for work, I'm alone. I'm away from Megan and I can't talk to her every day or all day, you know? And so, um, if I'm by myself, then that's when they're really able to come at me, you know, and really start getting in my head. And that's when it's the hardest. And so me being in the industry that I'm in where I'm always traveling it's really 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 hard and i'm hoping that there's like you know an end game to it for me because i don't want to have to keep dealing with anxiety and depression and just having negative thoughts and scary thoughts you know to myself and stuff so i don't know what that road looks like for me and i'm afraid yeah, I think that's where it gets really scary for a lot of people too who suffer to yeah. different degrees because that's when they just like people can't handle it and they don't have anybody to talk to. And I think that's the scariest part about where there's so many, mm-hmm. so many people who are going through it. It's not just a handful. It's not just like a rare few that actually deal with it. It's a lot of people. And we say it's a lot with the people that we know about. That's not even, oh man, that no. doesn't even touch like <laughs> the surface. Not at all. No. And so, um, you know, and I don't, I don't, here's the thing too. I don't have a therapist that I can speak to on a regular basis either. Like my therapist at the VA, I speak to them maybe like every other month, if that, you know, so it's an ongoing cycle. And unfortunately, like even just talking to Megan about it, it's not, I don't think it has that same effect because I look at her differently than I would look to like someone who I don't know. Someone who can be, open. Megan's going to always be there for me, right? She's going to just, babe, I love you. She'll give me my uh, positive reinforcement and, you know, affection to make me feel better. And it does for the moment. But 
that having that person that I don't know that can be very open-minded and not look at me with unconditional love and tell me like, hey, you need to do this or you need to do that or, hey, this is what's wrong with you. This is why you are that way that you are. And, you know, because I can't, I, I don't think I'm ready to have that conversation with Megan yet to tell her like exactly everything that's on my mind. Not only that, but it's not always a thought where I can always just know what it is that I need to talk to her about. It's more of a feeling than exactly. an actual yeah. It thing. Com- it, com- it comes out whenever it comes out in that moment, right? But for some reason, if I'm talking to a therapist, then, or, you know, someone that's not her, then it's easier for me to kind of like sit there and think like, okay, well, this happened in my life. That might be, and they'll tell you, well, yeah, this is the reason why that this is happening, you know? And so um, I need also a better outreach to somewhere where I can get like consistent like help for it. Why do you think, and enlighten me because I don't know too much about this, but why isn't there more help post career in the military? You know, we, (laughs) I, I wish I could tell you, like you hear so many stories of the VA just not being helpful at all or the wait periods are just so long. Like I've been trying to get blood work for, for almost a year now, just, you know, or just a regular appointment like just for a doctor and stuff. And if you make an appointment, it could be months out just before they can see you. Um, I'm not sure if there's not enough VA clinics, not, not, not enough doctors, but it's just hard for people to get in there at a timely fashion. <laughs> That's the reason why there's so many veterans um, that are doing drugs out there on the streets or that commit suicide because there's not enough help at all. And I wish I had the answer to that. It's such a big mystery because it's been going on forever for so, so long. And you, you, you'll see it. You can look up statistics and just yeah. see that, you know, veterans don't have enough help. You know, uh, I lost two, two friends that I served with, you know, to suicide. And uh, they just didn't have the help accessible to them to get, to get it. And if you do get the help, like I said before, they're just going to medicate. Hey, here's a pill. Here's some antidepressants. It's like, let's numb you a little bit. Exactly. Which doesn't really make anything any exactly. better. Because eventually your demon is going to get stronger than those pills. And then they're going to come out. They're going to come at you. Oh, you gave me goosebumps. Yeah. It's really, it's a really hard. Um, I'm a very emotional person. I will just say that. So a lot of things like touch me, but it, it hurts me even more when it involves mental health because mm-hmm. I struggle to a small degree. I can't imagine what that's like on bigger levels um it only like makes me fearful and i wish there was more happening yeah and maybe that's something that you can look into maybe that's something that's calling you in that direction yeah but if obviously there's that's an issue what would you tell somebody who has somebody in their life like you that could use some more help like what's the best way to be open to somebody who potentially needs to talk without shutting them down What's the best way for someone to, to reach out? Like if somebody was in a really a new relationship mm-hmm. and they were in your shoes and they were kind of scared to talk about what they go through, but obviously know that they need to do that for their partner or for their family or just, you know, their 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 friends. They need to bring awareness that they're struggling. Um, I mean it takes so much bravery, you know, but uh it's you gotta dig really deep and know that, you know, your life could be on the line. If you don't reach out to people, if you don't kind of get out there and and talk to someone, 
Um, one thing I would, I kind of want to see if there's like small groups, you know what I mean? Like for men to get together and like meetups almost. Oh yeah, for sure. Like a bunch of guys kind of going through the same shit and just get together and just talk, talk and hug, hug it out, get those tears out, you know, cry, talk, hug it out and just kind of get all that weight off your shoulders. But it just has to be something that's regular because it's, if, if it's not consistent, then it's just going to start back building. Right. It's going to start back building. It's almost like any kind of therapy. Like you, it's a practice. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's an actual practice. Just like how they say like your yoga journey is a practice. I know that's completely unrelated, but it's a practice to monitor something that you want to improve on. Oh, yeah. It's, no. a, it's a journey. It doesn't stop. Yeah. I, I agree with that. That's actually a good analogy because, you know, it's like flexibility, right? If you don't keep going at it, then your body's just going to go back to being a piece of a stick or a rock. Right. Like, like me. <laughs> <laughs> and to go back to what you said and that this what you said like really like just tugged at me, but you're like I, I'm scared there's a day that I'm scared that there's not gonna be a day where these just things just go away. Oh yeah. And that's I've I've had those thoughts myself with my own men, with my own headspace because I, I would get very angry mm-hmm. that I am like this. Yeah. Um ugh. It's okay. Right, you're gonna make me cry. <laughs> it gets hard when you see something develop in yourself that wasn't there before, yeah. and you know why. Yeah, it's there now, but you don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. because it's painful. It's hard, and there definitely have been times where I've woken up to different degrees of like, I don't want to feel like this anymore and I shouldn't have to feel like this and I didn't do this to myself. But I told myself that if I keep practicing getting better, I will learn to live with it Mm -hmm. and I will learn to understand it. I'll learn to make peace with it and I potentially can use it to help somebody else and that's why I'm sitting here crying on camera. (laughs) But it took a lot to do that. And so that's why I was like really proud of you for wanting to come in and talk about this. But it is scary when you think that this is something that I deal with on a regular basis now. Like how am I going to monitor it? And I think the only way to monitor it is to make peace with it and understand it more. Mm-hmm. Because the more you understand it, the more you can just have a little bit of grace for yourself. Right. And you can push forward and you can share that with somebody else. And that in turn heals it. But does it go away? I don't I don't know. No. I'm not sure. Don't. Um but it gets you learn to live and manage and I think that's what it's yeah. managing, you know. Yeah. Because when I have those dark days, um, Megan keeps me grounded. And uh they've they've come. They've really come. And it's it gets bad sometimes, really, really bad. And um <clears throat> I uh I have to reach out to her. She's the only person I can talk to. I'm yeah. so grateful. Megan, you must get it from all ends of me and Wayne. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, me too. Megan's the only one I yeah. call. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what we're, we're, we're lucky because we have her to reach out to, you know, because, oh, man, at the point that I'm at now, it's just been like over the years, it just gets worse and worse, you know, but her being the first person that I can actually talk to about it, um, it probably saved my life on multiple occasions. And again, you know, it's still hard, but um, having someone that can ground you whenever those really dark days come about 
is like, man, it's so beneficial. And the other crazy part is that, you know, a lot of people out there, they might have that person. They just don't even know it. You know, yeah. they just don't even know it. That's what I was going to say. You, you know, the person you can go to and yeah. that's the importance in the group settings that yep. you're talking about, yep. because if somebody doesn't think they have anybody that could be a good outlet, but you also might have somebody around that you have no idea you could speak out to. Yeah. Um, and that's what's scary. I think you have to test the waters a little bit. Exactly. You have to. And that was what I did on, on when I did that post, uh, cause I was like, okay, let me put myself out there and, you know, other than Megan, but let me put myself out there and just, you know, see if there's other people that are going through the same thing that I can reach out to. But just having those other people say, Hey man, like, I really appreciate that post. I, I, I'm struggling right now. And I've had a conversation on people with people on Instagram that they're like, Hey, I really appreciate you talking to me. And you just never know. I, I could have saved you someone's life. Somebody. Yeah. You know? And, uh, it, I, I want to do more like that, but ooh, <laughs> just little bits at a time. Yeah, <laughs> you look, you're you're doing that. That was what a few days ago. Yeah. You're here now, so just I I yeah. think that you'll find yourself um, getting into a space where maybe you want to share more, and it, maybe this is part of the whole process. Maybe this um, these things come up to help you, like yeah. get that all out. So everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I always truly believe that, and um, you know, I'm hoping that there are going to be more people out there that can reach out to someone and not be afraid because I lost two friends already. And I, a guy that I, I barely knew, um, you know, just passed away like not too long ago. I knew of him and we have mutual friends and he just passed away not too long ago. And, you know, it sucks to see, uh, because, you know, we're losing too many people it hits home and and it's someone in your community, in your industry. And you know that it's all mental health related. And so, uh, hopefully, hopefully something like this, you know, will allow more outreach. Uh, but like, again, this is hard for me to do just talking about it. Uh, so I don't know if this would even become like a consistent thing to be honest, because Mm -hmm. it's hard for me to just open up like that. Yeah. And be vulnerable like that with the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I applaud you a lot. That was, um, I, di- I didn't really know what to expect as far as like how much you wanted to. And the fact that you even like kind of took the reins on that and went even deeper than I would have even asked you to. Um, yeah. It's really admirable. And I, yeah. I, I thank you for sitting here and talking <laughs> about that. I didn't want to cry today, but here we are. Um, so <laughs> I will leave it at that. Yeah. But I, um, I'm sure I can speak on your behalf if anybody's listening to this and wants or needs somebody to talk to that is a guy and is a veteran or even just a dude in general, a dude in general. Yeah. Um, women, sh- too. Women, women too, women too, women yeah. too. But um, if Wayne says something that resonated with you, I'm sure his inbox is open yeah. for anybody. Um, I'll leave his, his link below and yeah. make sure to, um, hit him up with any questions as well. But thank you again. And if there's any topics that you guys want to talk about on fearless or have us talk about, make sure to let me know and we'll see you next time. Hey, (laughs) 